Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name's Eric Lefebri. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week, we watched Carrie. Carrie! Voices Carrie! Um, Till Tuesday, shout out. Uh, was, yeah, we watched Carrie, and this is actually a special episode because this is a birthday episode for one of our listeners. Yeah, this is our very first listener quest, so we're um, really excited. Um, this is for Nicole, and it's her birthday coming up, and she asked us to review um, Carrie, the 1976 version, and the 2013 version. So yeah. I'm very excited. I had no idea what to expect, um, and Nicole said these are her favorite movie, or uh, Carrie is her favorite movie, and I have to say... I'm so excited to talk about 1976. Yeah. Holy shit. What Same. an excellent, excellent recommendation. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, what a treat. I mean, also, what a great reason to get me to watch these movies. Because I've I'd literally never seen Carrie. It's been, again, like a lot of these movies, on my list, I want to see it, but I never do. So this was perfect because i got to see this movie <laughs> yeah and i'm i i mean canonically y'all know i am a big old scary cat but i think i might be <laughs> finding that i'm maybe not as big of a scaredy cat as i thought i was oh really because yeah i loved every minute of of the story of the first one. Uh, oh yeah yeah no um it was excellent. And I mean, like, you know, Alien, also good. And, you know, like all, all these like, quote unquote, scary movies we've been watching. And maybe it's mm -hmm. just maybe like 70s, 80s horror is my thing. Or like, you know, suspense horror. Like, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That, that was also one of my things as a, a young person. I liked the idea of scary movies. I didn't necessarily like scary movies. And then once I started watching them more frequently... It was it was more about like oh yeah sure that was scary but like was the story good did I like the characters like was the twist cool or was it bad or like was this really scary or was it just like jump scares with some bad audio like what's what is good about this and I think like a good horror movie especially oftentimes because horror is rooted in like queerness and trauma and and all of these things and so for that, I feel like a lot of these stories, service level are pretty like, okay, cool. It's like a slash them up. It's whatever. But like in a more uh, nuanced way are really interesting just in the subject matter, like especially with Carrie, like familial trauma, like misogyny, uh, like all of these like really, really religious oppression of women. Yes. Right. Like all of these incredibly like palpable intense pieces of subject matter that on the surface it's just like oh well she has powers and she kills people sick still on board still love but the fact that the story is very much more based in that conversation of sort of intense topics and less just about like get them kill them blood 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 you know what i mean <laughs> i mean well the the first one <laughs> the first like one. Yeah. the second one is basically like a carbon copy just like the darker grittier version like we we love, i mean we love here on this pod right we, and we <laughs> it's like it's like it tries to do the darker grittier thing but at the same time does the opposite i don't know i yeah there's a lot about there, i mean i'm excited i have so much to say about both but 
we already oh man and like um the actor i forget her name but um she was also in let me in she was oh um, Chloe Grace one of the yeah and i'm like so she's remaking these movies and i'm like sweetheart you're you can do better than this it's okay because like the, <laughs> I, I feel like this is um you know how like let me in was like a weird like a watered down like just kind of the same story like fine yeah. whatever like this one is like the b version of that but it still has like a very similar feel to me i was like yeah. oh yeah this tracks like this super tracks you know for um, sure yeah I am so stoked to talk about these. What yeah, a great me too. recommendation. Should we just jump in? Let's do it. Let's do it. Carrie White is an outsider. She is raised and abused by religious fanatic and all-around toxic mom, Margaret White. And after being bullied and abused by a group of her peers at school, Carrie discovers she has telekinetic powers. Watch out, bullies! In an attempt to right the wrongs of her students, fitness coach Miss Collins reprimands Carrie's bullies with a week of after-school detention or else its prom rights revoked. But big bag meanest bully of them all, Chris Harkinson, doesn't care. Prom be damned. She and her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, break into a local farm and steal pig's blood for a horrifying prank at Carrie's expense. Sue Snell, one of the only bullies who feels sorry about what she'd done, asks her pretty jock boyfriend, Tommy Ross, to invite Carrie to prom as an attempt at restorative justice. Carrie is not buying it. Miss Collins confronts Sue and Tommy about what she believes to be another cruel prank, but they insist it's nothing more than recompense. After a combative confrontation with her mother, Carrie reveals her telekinetic powers and is seen as nothing more than an abomination. Fuck it, I'm going to prom. I mean, she doesn't say that, but sort of. Prom <laughs> is a dream Miss Collins couldn't be happier for Carrie, and the results are in. The bullies rigged the system to make sure Carrie is standing under the bucket of blood they've rigged above the stage. The blood is dropped, and all hell breaks loose. Carrie burns down the auditorium, kills Chris and Billy in a forced car accident, and, upon returning home covered in blood, is stabbed by Margaret, who she then stabs more, killing her. Grief-stricken, Carrie crushes the house with her powers, and her legend lives on it lives on that, that i mean that whole the whole ending was just like so much i mean obviously there had to be some sort of like ending with the mom because that was like a big part of the narrative but mm-hmm. part of me was just like oh yeah the school is like the apex of it right like i thought that's like the big moment and it's like no she goes home and then there's the whole mom of it all and i was like oh shit i mean i kind of loved that because the whole reason why Carrie is bullied and everything is because her mom doesn't give her the necessary tools that she needs to navigate the world. Like, yeah. she gets, like, we start off by, like, seeing a bunch of young teenagers' bodies, right, uh, naked in the showers, right? Um, and then, like, we see this moment, like, which is basically the only moment where Carrie is just, she's by herself and, you know, it was kind of sensual how she was, like, in the shower, like, touching herself and, like, just general sh- sexy shower moves, right? But it wasn't, to me, it wasn't done in, like, a, a typical horror tasteless way. It was just, like, she's a young woman that is coming into her own and exploring her body and, you know, like, figuring out who she is. And then all of a sudden, she starts bleeding. And, you know, because her mother is this, you know, borderline cult religious fanatic person right she didn't even tell her about about her period she didn't tell her about these things that are so inherent to like biologically being coded as a woman right yeah and so like she thinks she's dying and like just how traumatic that whole experience and then to like have everybody just kind of like laugh it off and just be like 
yo, plug it up, whatever, you know, and she's, she's literally begging for help. And like, all anybody can do is just laugh at her because, because her mom is just awful. Yeah, I think I took a few notes about that, like intro sequence. Because as much as I'm like, I like that it's sort of setting up this fun, kind of sexy, kind of frivolous, whatever, of these these girls but at the same time the director is a man and these girls are literal teenagers (laughs) they're children and he's just like oh yeah full everyone tits out go everyone like you know what i mean it felt yeah it felt gross it felt too it felt too much like you can portray the same information with not as much not to say like i don't know yeah with not as much nudity especially when it's teenage girls like it just felt a little bit too much because like the scene with carrie in the shower when it's like more of her like bathing herself that was plenty good of a of a story beat of like there's like a sensuality there's like a loving yourself like an onus of like your body and and accepting all of its like shape everything about it and then the shot of like sort of the red water running down her leg that i mean visually gorgeous and great like yes you're setting the scene also, the blood at the end, like the whole deal, we're going. But I, d- I was like, hey, you didn't, you didn't really need to do that. You, I felt like this movie was just like, hey, let's sexualize these children, <laughs> which was yeah. a little, like, especially for off the bat, like setting the story. Like, there wasn't much of a narrative about sexualizing children apart from, like, the mom being mm-hmm. like, Oh, you had your period. You're a sinner now, and you're gross because of sex. Because this is the sex part of your body. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely. I don't know. I don't really. Apart from that, I don't really know how to feel about it. I feel like there's a a way to. Um, there's a definite way to like celebrate femininity and like the like you know the feminine form and everything and like have this kind of commentary on women's bodies without having to just be so over about the sexualization of these young women yeah you know so like that that was like pretty jarring for me because like you said like it was done it was like it felt to me like very male gazy i mean this whole carrie is written by stephen king it's his very first novel and also the very first novelization of a film that he did right or of a of one of his works but for me that's the question though is because of the intentional male gazy aspect of it is this is is the commentary intentional like is it a male director being male gazy and sexualizing children or is it a commentary on the way the patriarchy and the male gaze sexualizes children does that make sense like is it an intentional commentary or is it just life imitating art in that way where it's just like well he's just a a cishet man who is I'm assuming sexualizes women in in life. So that's just being portrayed here. Or is it, I don't know. I don't think it's an intentional commentary, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't need like five minutes of naked teenagers. Yeah. Because really like if it was. But like that, that shower scene with Carrie was perfect. Like you said, you know, like it was, um, I, I love cause like, Throughout this whole film, like, you know, Carrie is just kind of demonized and bullied and she is like the personified demonization of womanhood and femininity and stuff like that, right? Like she is like, that's what's happening with her. And so I love that we start this off by showing Carrie loving herself and showing Mm -hmm. that she does have 
these kind of feelings. Like, we see her, and we don't know anything about her, and we just know that she's a girl. She's she's just a normal girl, right? And then, you know, because everything else, if we didn't have that scene, like, you know, she just, she's screaming, or she's, like, she's really introverted, or she's, like, cautious, or she's scared, you know? But, like, in that first moment, just that, like, you know, minute or two minutes that it was that shower scene for her it really sets up like hey she's not just that you know and i like that and i think that that's what um just even that that quick moment like i mean you should already root for carrie because like of everything that she's put through but like that humanizes her in a way that i think really does carry throughout the whole film you know oh yeah carrie c-a-r-r-i-e (laughs) <laughs> um, ooh, no I, I, ooh, I mean i, I completely like agree i was i was gonna see how many times i can make the joke um where i feel like i interrupt or something i'll be like oh no carry on like mm, you go mm-hmm, carry on mm-hmm. like oh, oh yeah yeah I, I got carried away sorry i got carried away oh, um my God. <laughs> but but there is also a level of like that first sequence too i think is a really good introduction to like systemic uh misogyny right like she, this person who is unfamiliar with with menstruation, as somebody who menstruates, she, like, I don't know what's happening. I'm dying. Literally, like, I think I'm dying. Please help me. She's reaching out to other people who will hopefully empathize with her. And, and like, I'm hopefully like you, assuming I'm like you. Please help me. But they, in turn belittle her and bully her and shame her in every fucking turn in the same way that the patriarchy does this to women and to people who menstruate and like just in general so that sort of baked in like this this type of anti-feminist this type of like anti-woman was taught and they all learned it and so in this moment we're and they're perpetuating it and they're perpetuating it so carrie who i mean we're being told knows almost nothing is just human reaching out for connection reaching out for empathy reaching out for help and this ingrained learned system of oppression and and misogyny is just spewed back in her face Mm -hmm. i thought that that was like i mean just as a story i'm like yeah okay great like this is gonna be this whole conversation about this which it was and i think that that was like a really good first scene i mean also terrifying and so fucking sad like jesus christ like what a great i feel like that is like such a great way to like set up the whole story set up the characters set up the conflict set up yeah uh i just god i really loved this movie and i think a lot of it had to do with just like some of these story choices like five minutes in i'm fucking here for this right like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm all in a hundred percent right and going back to like the teenage girls right so like i like to call uh women like that that you know um (laughs) Uh, I got it from Jamila DeMille, uh, but like they're double agents of the patriarchy, right? Where they are working to maintain the status quo that patriarchy has uh, imprinted upon them, right? Yeah. And like, it's also um, super interesting because like, there's really other than like maybe Miss Collins, like reaching out and, you know, like Sue to a certain extent, who we'll talk about later. Um, but like those women, like you don't see real connection. You only see them acting like men in the sense of it's all about dominance and control. And they are just trying to like dominate each other to like to make sure that they are at the top. And 
they only respond to masculine forms of punishment, whether that's like the teacher slapping them or like, you know, like making them do physical, um, like, you know, not even like just detention, go to detention, whatever. No, you're going to be out here and I'm going to make you sweat. I'm going to make you make you fucking work for this, right? And that's that's yeah. what gets them to respond, right? And then when Chris, you know, the pretty girl, uh, when she decides that she's not going to be the beta to Miss Collins, then she picks up and sacrifices prom, right? Which is like, first of all, I want to go on the record as saying like, I hate what a big deal movies make out of prom because it's almost like super. It's so forced <laughs> and it's not great. It's not anything like the movies. And it just feels like, like, oh, well, you're going to be left out. And like, I, I hate that as a trope. And I will fucking talk about that on another episode someday, sometime. But yeah, so like, you know, presumably she's the pretty girl. She is going to be prom queen or nominated or something. But she. She's so egotistical and she's so she has to be in control that she gives that up, you know, presumably this apex of uh, childhood. Right. Or of, um, you know, like it's almost like a rite of passage right into, you know, going like senior prom. Now you're out in the world like the whole Greece party scene, whatever. Right. <laughs> so she's willing to give that up just to prove a point, you know. And then she also, like, you know, her friends are like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, we're, we're going to stay here and do this because we want to go to prom. And then, like, what she does, because they back down, right, she establishes herself as the alpha. And then at the prom, she uses all of these people to carry out, like, you know, this whole big elaborate thing with the um, with the votes, right? And with, yeah. um, like, the staging and the setting up of all of these things, you know. Uh, I thought that was super interesting that like that they just respond to masculine forms of like of dominance. And, and yeah, I mean, and that's that that's like, honestly, one of one of the recurring themes that I thought was the most interesting, like you were saying, like even Miss Collins, like her her immediate res response to stepping out of line or to trauma is violence. OK, cool. Mm -hmm. Like she just slaps kids and hits them like whatever. Uh, and then similarly, like Margaret, that's also kind of her response to everything, too, is either self-harm or harming her daughter, like as a as a as a response to stress, a stimuli, like a way to maintain order and maintain the balance of any situation is violence. Mm -hmm. And that's just a consistent theme throughout. And I mean, the only person I mean, this isn't true, but the only person who doesn't um do that for the most part is Carrie. I mean, obviously with the exception of like literally all the violence at the end, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that to me is like, I'm like, you earned that. You go, you go for it. Like you honestly, Carrie, you earned it. You deserve it. You deserve this moment for you. Um, but like really she's, she's like generally the most kind, humane person, most humane character in the story. I mean, I know Miss Collins is sort of written as, as this sort of like, savior or like the only person who understands but even she her 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 way of understanding or her way of handling things is violence there is still that level of like insidiousness within this context of character for for miss collins and so i don't know i thought i thought that that as just like a running idea was really interesting mm -hmm. um and then also like john travolta the way that he like like he's he's sort of like 
the surrogate male sort of reminding us of this kind of misogynistic violence and this like perpetuated patriarchy the way like he hits her uh in the car and she's like what the he hits chris in the car and she's like what the fuck and he's like don't call me that again it hurts my feelings like okay so you're just gonna punch her in the face cool and then he's like drinking and driving and the cops roll by and he throws the beer on her and she's like what the fuck and he's like hits her again he's like shut up don't don't curse at me like oh my god like literally (laughs) any any wince of unease is met with an instant act of violence just just again to maintain status quo and by status quo i mean patriarchal structure and, and male dominance and then we see chris like you know her response to this like you said is also kind of like violence whether even if like the, that's the way that she's talking to other people too like you know it's it's always with that um it's it always feels like a razor blade when she's talking like with what she's saying and what she's doing right so we see you know the boyfriend uh we see billy get like pissed off and is like yeah whatever fuck you right and she's like oh no but i'll blow you right now so she like she understands this game and she's furthering her own objectification because this is what she knows and this is how the world works right um yeah and the the interesting thing about chris and about just like just patriarchy in general right um is the entire plot was put into motion because of her response to femininity right yeah and then like even through the whole story and everything she's unwilling to realize that she is the catalyst and she is the reason why because you know cool all right so then there's this response right and then there's a masculine response to that where it's like you know well i'm gonna punish you and then there's another masculine response to this and it's just like all of these people trying to to get dominance and really like the whole thing was caused through her own cruelty right all of these people, like all of the characters in this, like really exude just, you know, different forms of uh, of patriarchy, right? And like, you know, yeah. and patriarchy can even have like a nice space sometimes, right? Where like, um, like you were saying, Miss Collins, Miss um, Collins, she, you know, tries to create safe spaces for Carrie. And then she has that conversation with like the principal, right? Where she's just like, I can't believe her mom didn't tell her. Like she's, she's this old and everything. And it's like, Yes, but you're there to help her. Like, you know, you you put yourself in this role, you know? Yeah. Um, And she's like, I wanted to shake her too. It's just her period. I get how those girls felt, you know? Um, So she's admitting that she suffers from this level of patriarchy, right? And then that whole scene where they're at the the field and she's like pushing him you know it's it's all about domination and control even like later on when she's talking to sue and tommy you know being like hey what the fuck are you doing it's still all about you know it's all about intimidation right yeah which is also an incredibly masculine thing you know but to Carrie, she's not presenting this at all, you know. She's just saying like, "Hey, that's so great. I'm so happy for you." And so like in the same in the same turn, she's also like telling her like, "Hey, you're beautiful. Like, hey, this is really good for you." And so while she's trying to build Carrie up, she's still participating in this system. And then yes. like the same thing with Tommy too, where Tommy like, you know, that whole thing is weird and gross and I don't get it, you know. And then there's a the kiss, whatever. But um He's like, you know, don't be nervous, you know, it's okay. And he's like very patient with her. But like at the same time, he's like, 
forces her to go to prom with him, right? He will not take no for an answer. And then even in his, like, goodness, he's still controlling of her um, because he likes flattery, right? He tells her, I asked you because you liked the poem that I didn't write, by the way, but because you liked that. And yeah. then, like, he goes to kiss her and she apologizes and he's like, no, 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 it's fine. And then he still kisses her, right? And that's, like, furthered, too, by, like, him saying, like, oh, well, but for ourselves, fuck modesty, right? And... Like, the line uh, where he's like, don't let me catch you hugging other guys, right? When, like, sure, that's supposed to be funny and cute. And, like, this is, like, the apex of Carrie's life right here where she finally has something nice and has something that she believes, like, you know, that she believes is actually happening for the first time ever. But it's literally just a facade under the guise of patriarchy. Yeah, like I wrote that down too. That don't, uh, don't you ever let me catch you hugging guys like that? And she's like, I won't. And he's like, You better not. And then uh, Miss Collins says something, and he just butts in with like, Would you let me finish? He he's so <laughs> he's so constantly in control or attempting to be in control of not only women's bodies but women's language, like women in general, like mm-hmm. these femme people. He's trying to make sure that they know that he is in charge. Mm-hmm. And that that he is good and that he did this out of the kindness of his heart. I mean, those are kind of two separate ideas just because of this faux performative good that he's trying to imbue on himself. Like, yeah, I mean, and again, here's one of those things that like bothers him the most in general. Like, but, but what I like is the story because it's, it's written that way. These characters are kind of just shitty. So when they die at the end, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> fuck off like like even miss <laughs> collins i'm like yeah dude she was kind of bad like this whole thing miss collins like even in this attempt to be like oh her mom should have whatever like that's a problem like like you said how about you have a conversation with her talk to her don't just chastise her for ignorance she doesn't know or put a band-aid on it and say hey it's okay you're pretty yeah yeah right like just do something instead of just like you need to work on your social skills so that you can go to prom and like good for you so happy for you that you're fitting in like or talk about the bullying talk about how like talk to her about what's going on talk to her about real things not this like faux fantasy of high school not this coddling like like you don't yeah because coddling is what got her to where she is right now right and so by trying to be nice and not having these real conversations because she doesn't believe that Carrie can handle it or whatever is is yeah. what I assume is the reason. But like what she's doing is to ultimately is also kind of what leads to this, right? She doesn't like try to like she tries to help her in a very patriarchal way, yeah. you know? And like all she needed to do was like just be more forthcoming and like have yeah. more real discussions and she didn't do it. <laughs> she didn't, no. And honestly, like, just coddling in general is a form of control. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, she's she's trying to control Carrie's narrative. She's, like, she's trying to do that, like, facade here. Just like, oh, you're wounded. Let me fix you. I want to fix you. It's like, stay out of her. F- like, either help her in a real way or get the fuck away from her. Like, mm-hmm. either you're going to really help her and offer some kind of aid Talk to her about her family. Talk, like whatever she's willing to 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 share with you and willing to to allow, because it's obviously her life. Like leave her the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, like either do it or leave. 
don't do this like in between where like yeah i i helped her get here i did this like i'm in control in the same way that like fucking sue sue's trying to like you know what i did was bad let me make sure she's she has everything that she wants it's like you don't know what she wants you don't know her you and did also bad... for one night what's gonna happen after prom exactly like who fucking ca- you didn't want you did a bad thing that's oh like i mean it's not okay but like you did a bad thing apologize and leave like don't do this this whole performance of of heroism like it's just another form of control leave her the fuck alone it's manipulative it's gross it's toxic so i mean that's that's the point of the story right with these characters is like for for whatever fake good is being presented they're all still bad and like the revenge of carrie just being like yeah i'm finally in control like fuck yeah <laughs> it was so just like <laughs> yeah dude Fuck all of these people. You are in control. It is your life, and you're better than everybody here. Fucking yeah, because, do because it. <laughs> everybody was trying to, like, con- like you said, everybody's trying to control her and trying to be like, oh, well, that's best. You know, this is yeah. best. Like, the principal tried to, like, you know, uh, despite this being harmful for Carrie, he neglects her situation and sends her home to the one that's perpetuating it, right? And he's yeah. like, yeah, exactly. look, uh, we can't interfere with other people's beliefs, you know, like, and it's just like, Okay, but this is, like, actually neglect. Like, this is actually causing her harm. And, you know, like, what what are you doing? And I, so I like that every character in this, aside from Carrie, right, is a participant in patriarchy and in yeah. different in different ways, right? We have Sue, who's a manipulator, right? Um, yeah. We have the principal, who's, like, the general stand-in for all men and their fears and misunderstandings about women with his, like... Uh, like he can't fucking say period right like he's yeah. just so uncomfortable even like mentioning this and it's like fucker stop stop right yeah, and it's, then it's and then you have uh like tommy you know where he's the nice guy but then he also like is just like you said just incredibly controlling like in this like subtle way but like in in such a subtle way that he seems like he seems fine right um yeah and then just the the women too and like the different parts that they inhabit of that in participating in patriarchy willingly and furthering their own objectification really you know truly like carrie was just such an incredible character and to me that just that reminded me of how it is like just walking the world as a woman and at every corner being told like from people that are supposed to be trusted or like brands or you know like media messaging and stuff like that where you're always told what to think or what to do or how to be perceived and I I just really really loved how she just kind of was a normal person walking in this world and like was was traumatized by it because of course like it is incredibly traumatizing to be a woman with all of this different, you know, messaging on telling you what you need to be and how you need to act and what you need to do. And yeah, girl, I also want to go hide in the library and learn about my magic powers because fuck that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then to go home and just like not to like, I really want to talk about the mom, but um, but I also want to talk about how Carrie is ultimately just looking for somebody to help her navigate a world that she doesn't 
that she doesn't understand. And like because of the trauma that she's received in this space, she doesn't trust it when it's offered from like rightfully so right from like uh, Miss Collins, who, by the way, is the whole reason that everything happened because she didn't trust somebody else who was looking out for her because Sue was going to go up there and fucking save her from that blood. Right. And then Miss Collins was like, no, 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 get the fuck out of here. Right. So uh, like, you know that whole pitting women against women right there's no really there's no women that are friends here really you know Mm -hmm. but anyways carrie she does things like she says um to her mom please i'm not like you i'm funny i just want to be normal i just want to be a whole person everything isn't a sin not all people are bad i'm not satan it's me mom i'm the only one and i'm just like yeah, like this is like the these lines were just so fucking good. Uh, whereas she's just saying like, I am not like you. I am a I am a real person. You know, like I want to try to be a whole person. What a fucking statement. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things is I love, especially with with Carrie just recognizing and coming into her own autonomy. Like it yeah. is, it is really that. Like, and again, I keep saying this moment where she burns everything down. Like, it's her coming into her power, (laughs) like, literally and figuratively coming into her power as an autonomous person, but also, obviously, as, like, a telekinetic person as well. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, yeah, like, I I mean, I think that that's gorgeous. In the same way, like, seeing those glimpses of, of how she talks to her mom and where she, when she starts pushing back and you get these small moments of, like, like, when... Margaret says, your father was carried away by a demon. That's why he's gone. He was carried away by the evil spirits. And she's like, no, he wasn't. He ran away with a woman. Like, everyone <laughs> knows that. Like, I don't know why you're perpetuating this idea. I don't know why you you keep trying to convince me that it's this thing. And I know that the thing is not real. You're lying to me. You're gaslighting me. This is all fake. Like, I understand it. I'm learning and I'm realizing that that's what you've been doing this entire time. And then her mom's like, Satan! He possesses yeah. people. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. Like, uh, fine. Yeah. Like, she says stuff like that's, I, I have three very specific scenes that I want to talk about with the mom. And this is one of them. Um, because, you know, Carrie is trying to show her this beautiful dress that she that she made herself, right? And she's like, don't you think this is pretty? Don't you think these, like, that this, these flowers that I have are pretty? And all she can focus on is her dirty pillows, right? Which I'm Love. obsessed with the phrase dirty pillows. Yeah, I, I feel like I've heard that before and I never knew where that came from. And I was like, fuck yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great term. I'm obsessed. But like that whole scene too, like she's... um. You know, she says, like, uh, after the blood come the boys. They try to find out where it comes from. And it's like, like, no. <laughs> like, no, mom. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but um, she, Carrie's dress is pink, right? So when we first see Carrie, she, she wears a lot of, like, white and everything, right? Signifying that sort of innocence. But, like, this dress is pink. And it starts off pink before she gets blooded on um, <laughs> the prom. But um, mom calls it red. And it's because she sees everything in binary, right? And so yeah. that also furthers the notion that we talk about a lot on the on the podcast where binary is bad because it causes just so much harm. And this is this is another way. She just had a pink dress on and her mom was like, This yeah. is red, you're tainted forever, you know? And it will burn the dress together. And I'm like, Oh my god. And then 
her way of controlling Carrie is to try to hurt herself, right? I had a yeah. one friend that at one point, like in high school, was like, oh, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself, right? And so like just that's a form of control that abusers yeah. will often use is just, you know, think of my well-being, though. I'm going to be left out. I'm going to be hurt. I'm going to be this, you know? And the way that she did that, too, was just like it was incredibly creepy. And I feel like it just it really worked for the characterization of the mom. Uh, yeah. But I, 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 again, just another form of patriarchy and uh, uh, patriarchal tactics of controlling mm-hmm. women, you know? Yeah. Well, even even similarly, like the way that she says pimples are the Lord's way of chastising you. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a, a way of controlling image and female image for the male gaze. Like you're being punished. You're being made, big air quotes, ugly as a form of punishment, my God. But yes. in the same breath, we'll be like, sex is bad, and the fact that people find you attractive is disgusting. You're worthless, whatever. So it's like, it's both. It's mm-hmm. both the controlling women through the, the, the idea of sexualness and the male gaze, and it's you're the biggest sinner of, to have ever sinned ever, and... All of that sex is also bad. So it's like it's 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 both things. And it's also I mean, at least for Margaret, I mean, it's an obviously impossible situation. Like, obviously, Margaret's fucked mentally. She really needs some help. She's really struggling. She should not have children. Uh, And that whole fucking conversation where she's like, I should have given you to the Lord when you were born. I'm like, yeah, whoa, (laughs) okay. Jesus Christ. You know, I just, and, and uh, yeah, like we were saying, it's just another form of control. It's what about me? Think about me. Think about my needs. Centering herself in the life of this other person as a means of control. The thing too is like, you know, so within this, like mom is incredibly religious, right? And religious to the point to where she like, she forces Carrie to like, you know, call herself a sinner and tell her that she's bad and you know what is the first sin what is the first sin like just like just the way that she like chastises her for that and in a way to me like reading this through a feminist lens when you're born a woman in a patriarchal society you can't you're you're doomed from from birth right you're doomed from the, the very start right so like there's no winning and you will forever be bad, not because you deserve it, but just because when you get to a certain age, that's what it is. You yeah. Know? Like, I think that's also like just from like a, a, a queer perspective as well. Like, I think it's the general demeaning of feminists at large. Like mm-hmm. the, the existence of feminists is a target. Yeah. For, for, for anybody, whether that's like cis women uh, femme folks of any kind really like feminist is a target in a patriarchal system the mm-hmm. <laughs> wherever it exists it will be locked on and trying like the attempt will be to stamp it out like like that and that's the insidiousness of patriarchy and misogyny in that way is it it is so toxic and it is so ingrained to target and to hate and to belittle at every turn i mean we talked about this a little bit with alien and like Ripley in that way where it's like this constant belittling despite everything despite credentials despite autonomy despite anything it's you are this thing first and I hate that I hate Mm -hmm. you you know what I mean it's just it's so toxic and scary and gross like it really is like that that whole scene like the 
the period conversation she has with her mom, the prom conversation, and then the post-prom conversation that she has with her mom, right? All of those scenes were just so, they were incredible. Yeah. Um, And they were just so, 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 so good. And I feel like that's what really, like, that's why her going there after prom, like, I loved that. I Because, you know, then, you know, she's wreaked havoc on all these other people. She goes to her mommy for, you know, help. And that's when she realizes that even her mom is, like, her mom is the biggest perpetuator of all of this, right? And, like... <sighs> which is which Man. is to say that misogyny is systemic in religious structures as well. Like, I mean... <laughs> I, not to fully dog Christianity or, or like the the current uh, representation of Christianity, but like that shit is so systemically misogynist. It's crazy. <laughs> it, like it is. It is a literal. Like I mean, it's so. Like women are not people in the Bible, oftentimes, uh, and so there's there is that conversation. So for her, like I think that that also just for Margaret, it it wreaks havoc on her own person. That kind of indoctrinated misogyny that she's getting from these religious texts Mm -hmm. just continuously perpetuating the idea that she is worthless and that she does should not exist like but at the same time she is superior and she is the only one that can pass judgment on people yes which is i mean which is also a part of that kind of a text where it Mm -hmm. is it is sort of like it is you are simultaneously worthless and simultaneously the most important person (laughs) you're you're literally worth nothing but also you're going to save the world. And it's like, wait. Another gaslighting tactic that we love. What? <laughs> what is happening? Who am I? Yeah, it's fucking messy. Yeah. Um, I do want to say the post-prom scene when Margaret tells Carrie, while she's saying, like, hold me, mom, I need you, right? She says, I should have killed myself when he put it in me. After the first time he promised he'd never do it again. I liked it. He was drunk and I liked it. I should have given you to God, right? Like kind of saying like that she's like self-punishing herself, right? As we we see her like, you know, bang her head against the wall to where she gives herself a bruise and all of this. But because she liked what happened, you know, because she liked sex, because she enjoyed that, like just that level of internalized misogyny and patriarchy to me was like, that's why mom had to be the very last one to go. And I also loved that she was crucified in that same way that like the Jesus in the prayer room was like with oh, that yeah. fucking evil stare. And um, I also loved that it was kind of orgasmic for her. Like she was kind of like coming while she was dying. Okay, 100%. <laughs> I think, yeah. And that was, that's one of those things that it's like, it felt like based on the conversation that she had, like you said, where it's like she's punishing herself for enjoying sex because she shouldn't be allowed to enjoy sex. Right. Like that shouldn't be something that she's allowed to enjoy because it's so forbidden. It's so bad. Again, Eve was weak. Eve was weak. Eve was weak. Right. Like because she had sex. Fuck her. She's terrible. And women mm-hmm. are less than because of Eve, whatever. So in that moment, there was sort of this near orgat like when she's being stabbed like sort of a release of power and for her the release of power is like orgasmic i don't know it's it's a little eerie i mean i think intentionally but yeah it 100 it it did feel like that where 
I, yeah, well, I don't also know. then, you know, because she like hurts herself, right? So then like being hurt by somebody else, like she takes pleasure in that because she deserves it. So that might also be why she, oh yeah, that might be part of it, you know? Um, I'm, I'm I, a sinner. I deserve death. Yeah. 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 Probably. I mean, um, knowing that character, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I do also want to, since we're talking about like visuals, um, I also want to shout out how fucking cool some of these shots were like oh, the yeah. house the house was uh gorgeous like the hall uh the frame uh to the dining room right mm-hmm. and like the uh the jesus staring at carrie through the skylight and then her doing the makeup with jesus like in the broken mirror with jesus like oh, watching yeah. her like the some of these shots were just so intentional and so well composed and um not like an over over congratulatory way but in just like this really gorgeous um oh, i could i ate it up i ate that yeah show. i mean just that mirror scene alone because it's a mirror that she breaks she breaks this image of herself and literally puts the pieces back together and is the new version of her this it's like because then the next time we see the mirror it's broken but put back together but she's wearing that pink dress and she's putting on mm-hmm. makeup which is a whole new me you know like mm-hmm. she's just like this is who i am now I don't care. You're right. It was so intentional. That scene in particular or that like idea I also loved. I thought it was so well done. It was not in your face. It was very subtle, but still very intentional and cool. And I liked too that like, you know, in those moments when she did choose to break things, it was always because it was always a response to patriarchy. She was breaking something because she was literally trying to break the system you know, oh, yeah. so like the first time that we see her use these powers, and I also in this one, I love that she doesn't just fucking use them all the time. I love that it's a response. I love that, sure, she might like cultivate it slightly or try to understand it, but I love that it was a response, right? Like, so, you know, the first time we see her with the light bulb in the shower from the period, right? And in that response, she she wants to break that. She wants to break the system and how they responded to her, right? And then the ashtray in um, in the principal's office when he keeps calling her by a different name, right? And she could hear them literally outside talking, like, that whole scene. She fucking heard everything. And they're just pretending like it doesn't matter, you know? Then there's, like, the kid on the bike. And then there's, you know, the mirror with God watching, like we just talked about. There's, like, her mom being hysterical and trying to use these. And this is when we, like, really see her start to use her powers on other people is when somebody tries just – she's trying to manipulate her into not existing in the world in the way that she wants to or being allowed to enjoy herself, right? And she literally forces her mom to sit down. And then at prom, we just she just fucking loses it, which is great and I love. But it's all in response to, to patriarchy and the way that it tries to dehumanize her as a woman living in the society. It's all of her action, all of her non-consensual violence is responsive, not offensive. Yeah. It's con- it's constantly responding to something else. It is de- oh sorry, it's rather defensive, not offensive. It's not malicious or going intentionally to create anything. It's simply a response to other people's trauma. And then mm-hmm. obviously it's just like, "Oh my god, she did this bad thing." And it's like, "Well, no. All of these other bad things happened that everybody ignored because it's commonplace in the system. She is responding to it." in a way that people should respond to these kinds of things. You Mm -hmm. should acknowledge the atrocities that 
exist every day that are so commonplace and so ingrained in society and expectation of people's day to day. And she's just responding to it and maybe like, this is fucked. I hate this. No more. I'm done with this. Good for I love Carrie. This movie. Good for her. Thanks. Carrie White is an outsider. She is raised and abused by religious fanatic and all-around toxic mom, Margaret White. And after being bullied and abused by a group of her peers at school, Carrie discovers she has telekinetic powers. Watch out, bullies. In an attempt to right the wrongs of her students, fitness coach Miss Collins reprimands Carrie's bullies with a week of after-school detention or else its prom rights revoked. But big bad meanest bully of them all, Chris Hargison, doesn't care. Prom be damned. While she and boyfriend Billy Nolan break into a local farm to steal pig's blood for a horrifying prank at Carrie's expense, Sue Snell, one of the only bullies who feels sorry about what she'd done, asks her pretty jock boyfriend Tommy Ross to invite Carrie to prom as an attempt at restorative justice. Carrie is not buying it. Miss Collins confronts Sue and Tommy about what she believes to be is another cruel prank, but they insist it's nothing more than recompense. After a combative confrontation with her mother, Carrie reveals her telekinetic powers and is seen as nothing more than an abomination. Fuck it, I'm going to prom. I mean, she doesn't say it, but kind of sorta. Prom is a dream. Miss Collins couldn't be happier for Carrie, and the results are in. The bullies rig the system to make sure Carrie is standing under the bucket of blood they've rigged above the stage. The blood is dropped and all hell breaks loose. Carrie burns down the auditorium, kills Chris and Billy in a forced car accident, and upon returning home, covered in blood, is stabbed by Margaret, who she then stabs more, killing her. Sue shows up at Carrie's house post-chaos, where Carrie informs her she's pregnant with a daughter. Okay, gender reveal. Carrie mind-pushes Sue out of harm's way, and grief-stricken, Carrie crushes the house with all her powers, and her legend lives on. Her legend lives on. Yeah, it's essentially the exact same movie with a couple weird additions for literally no reason that add nothing to the plot. (laughs) Like zero. (laughs) Like that whole bit of- It cheapens it. If anything, it cheapens it. It cheapens it. Yeah. Like, I know that they're trying to do with with Sue showing up and being like, Carrie, I'm here for you. I'm like a real friend and not a fake poser, like a jerk bully anymore. Uh, The story's about me. Remember, my name's Sue Snell. Pay attention to me. I'm the hero I'm I'm not going to go to prom because I don't deserve it. And her. Oh, my God. Her. She keeps looking at her fucking dress. There's like. 17 shots of her looking at that gorgeous red dress that she bought for prom and longingly being like, oh, I'm such a martyr. Like, shut up. I'm so bored with this narrative. <laughs> you're literally like you're an asshole. Just go like what? Yeah, that's a whole deal. But the whole ending where her showing up, I mean, like, oh, my God, Carrie and Carrie being like, what have I done? Like, oh, my God, I killed my mom. This is so bad. Uh, and then she like reaches up to her and she's like, it's a girl. And she's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, you don't know, do you? And it's like, what? <laughs> and she like throws. Yeah. And I'm like, the movie, the movie's over. I know the reason they did it was to be like, Carrie sort of giving Sue the opportunity to be the mom that, that Carrie never had. Right. Like sue is growing or like in this one it's it's more obvious sue is growing and learning and attempting to be a better person and is understanding that like people are at fault like you can have your faults but as long as you like recognize them and grow from them you can be a better person like we're all fallible people right mm-hmm. so the story is trying to be like you you now go raise a daughter 
and be the mom that I never had. Which, sure. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Who fucking cares? Like, okay, <laughs> like, this who movie. Cares? This movie is less about Carrie, and they do they did that thing that they do in a lot of movies, where instead of giving more story time to the main character, we just have more of the parents and more of the bad guys, way more Sue and more of Chris, more Chris, which was like, I feel like they didn't know the they they missed the entire point of the first movie right i was yeah. like okay why are you doing this and like everything in this film like to me just felt incredibly forced and it felt like they were trying to have these big moments like you know for these characters right like you know the like case in point right they're like oh it's a girl and we're supposed to make that connection because she was fucking her boyfriend earlier you know in the car or whatever, yeah right? and it's like okay but you haven't done that work like sue and carrie do not have a relationship you know and we're supposed to feel bad for somebody but like i don't understand i don't get it because it just it felt so much cheaper and then also there was so much more emphasis on carrie's birth right her mom didn't know that she was pregnant and stuff and i was like okay and then to me like i was like okay cool like so right now is this trying to tell me that babies born out of wedlock are bad So her mom has this baby and like literally is going to stab it in the face with a knife. And then she grows up to be this witch, right? Or have these powers. And then it's just all bad and uh, she needs to die. So it's like, okay, like, so are we, are we demonizing this? Are we, what are we saying about, what are we saying with this? I don't get Yeah, like what, what was that? Was the birthing scene necessary? Not at all. No. I I mean, I think the whole intention was like kind of a gross out factor just as far as like the visualization of like a pair of scissors getting so close to a child. I think that that was supposed to just be provocative and that's the only reason it's there Um, because it it offers literally nothing. We know that's her mom. We know she was born. We know Margaret almost killed her at her birth. So that like six minute sequence offers literally nothing to the movie. It's already in the dialogue later, and it's unne- it's an unnecessary gag visual just to uh, like freak freak you out. Because I mean, it's obviously scary, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't need it. We it, we, it was totally unnecessary, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, it was super unnecessary. Like I felt like I felt like half of the things that they decided to change or add to this story didn't add anything it just made it cheaper it made her the darker grittier more overt thing like what the fuck is up with all these horny teens right like what like okay cool so we don't have like a naked locker scene this time we have a bunch of girls in their bathing suits and still through like you know okay i get that like maybe you understood that the first film was about like femininity and reproductive rights and all of that but the first five minutes are just focusing in on these young women's crutches right like and i'm like okay underwater right and it's just a pair of legs so there's not even like a fucking body to attach to this or anything right we are only focusing in on on the lower half of women's bodies right yeah and i'm like okay why i don't i don't care you See, you, ha- you already haven't earned anything yeah. that to me is like the same i mean that was that was the same problem i had with the first one just as far as being like what's what's happening like why why are we <laughs> like we don't you can get the point across without doing all this like and i know i know there's a level of like 
a lot of these like sort of teen stories, it's it's about sort of like experiencing sex for the first time or experiencing like sexual awakening or, or, or growth or what have you. But like, even then I'm like, you you don't need to do that. And I, I like to, to further what you were saying about the cheapening of, of not only narrative, but of character, like the nuance in the first one of these quote unquote do-gooders doing a little bit of good, but ultimately doing bad, like feigning goodness and performing goodness, not as a means to help carry, but just as a means to satiate their own conscience in this one, the movie, like, it really constructs this idea that, like, we're going to make sure you know they're good. Like, they're so it's... good. Like, don't even worry about it. They're great. Keep looking at how good they are and how how heroic they are and how, like, how selfless. They're so selfless. Look at how selfless they are. And, it, and like... to me, it felt more performative than anything. Yes! It, it and... made those characters feel way less genuine. It, it it ruins the idea. It like it misses the point completely. Whereas in the first one, the nuance of them thinking they're doing something good, but ultimately doing a bad thing is the point of, of these characters. And that's why, like at the end, burn it all down. They're a part of the system that, that, that perpetuates these ideas. But in this one, they take away the nuance of badness and it like really tries to, to paint these characters as good. But, I don't understand the story at that point then. Then it's just one bad person and then carries the asshole for like killing these good people. I don't, I don't, it, it, it changes the entire context of the revenge. It changes the entire context of the autonomy of Carrie because of the painting of these pictures as visually, big air quotes, genuinely good. Yeah, and- absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like in, the and everything that we were talking about the first one this one just threw that out the window and it was like it's like a bunch of kids got together and were like hey ah man can you imagine if carrie came out today what would happen what would be changed right and it's like oh cool and then one of the ways that they changed it was uh chris right took a video of what happened in the locker room and posted it to youtube right okay fucking whatever and then she like doubles down and gets her lawyer daddy to come in to try to get her out of whatever right and she uses a lot of language that it really bothered me um because this is the only time that we hear this language in the film where she was saying stuff like the teacher was abusive this is an invasion of privacy this is and she's throwing out all of these words that have a lot more meaning and are really just meant to be used in a different context rather than used by some asshole Karen, you know? And I'm like, well, oh, my God. Well, and and well, we don't hear anybody else use those, like, those terms or that kind of language. So to me, like, you know, as somebody that uses terms like this is abusive, this is this, is this or, you know, like, um, that uses that in a critical context, for her to use those and to be the only one to use those, to me, was, like, kind of, like, shitting on any sort of, like, social justice, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I think I think narratively it like doubles down on her insidiousness because she is the only one to use it. She knows what she's doing. She's using these terms manipulatively to make sure that like, you know, that I know what these things mean. And that's not me. And it's like, well, no, you know, it is you. That's the point. You're the villain. You're the big bad. You're the big bad bully. You're the the biggest, baddest bully. Right. Like that's you. So I, I think in that context, I like I kind of like that she was trying to disguise herself in this sort of 
like autonomous social justice character momentarily to sort of further her own villainy just because it it is like even if she knows what these things are in context and is using them to her advantage she's still evil and is still a complete piece of shit mm-hmm. and that only furthers that that negative on her end i but- think for me it just didn't work because or like I, I just really didn't like it because that's the only that's the only time that we really see somebody using that language. Like if anybody should have been using that language, that should have been Sue, right? Um, yeah, because Sue, Sue was kind of built as that social justice character, right? And so cool. If you want to make her that, then make her that. Let her use this language. Let her. But instead, we just see her fucking staring at a prom dress for seventeen minutes, and she's just like, "No, really? this is the right thing to do." I'm sitting. I'm sitting <laughs> on the couch with my parents watching I'll... a movie on prom, and I'm like, "Okay, fucking whatever." But like, I like the critique of her um, of Chris hiding behind that language, and especially. Because because her dad's a lawyer and stuff like that. But yeah. to me, the the context just didn't work because I felt like that was more of a vilification of these terms that people that use for uh, for social justice and to kind yeah. of like identify things that are going on with them or their responses to things or the world at large, you know? So yeah. um, so to me, yeah, that just, that just fucking bugged the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from. It is, I mean, in that context, it's sloppy. Like, it doesn't really necessarily even make sense for the world. So, yeah, I, I totally get you. Well, I also, and- I was going to just point out something very silly. When uh, you'd mentioned that she's, like, sitting on the couch with her parents, like, texting, like, how's the prom going? It's like, oh, she's so happy. We're doing so great. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is so stupid. But then <laughs> she gets she gets a text like, your girl looks pretty or your girl looks pretty happy. Too bad I'm about to ruin it. And then she's like, what? Let me literally get in my car, drive all the way there just to tell her she's in danger. You're on your fucking phone. Call your boyfriend. <laughs> Call Miss Collins. They're literally all in the same room. But no, you're going to drive 20 fucking minutes to your school to hopefully get inside to hopefully stop whatever weird thing is happening. Pick your phone up, call your boyfriend, be like, Hey, I got this weird text. Somebody's doing something fucked up. If we're the good hearted, kind heroes of the story that we claim to be, tell Miss Collins, tell somebody right now she's in danger. We need to stop this. But also, Prob- right. Problem she's solved, to- Queens. Yes, a hundred percent. But She's trying to be the martyr. She's trying to be the one to save Carrie, and she can't give anybody else that satisfaction. I so hate that it. furthers the, her uh, narrative of just being performative in yeah. her actions, right? She's like, I'm the, I gotta do this, right? Rather than she knows how many people there, right? She can fucking call, she can text, she can do something, you know? Call but in a bomb threat, whatever, you know? She's sending herself in this story where she is, she is the martyr. She needs people to know that I'm, I'm literally running, I'm at the beck and call call of this person stop shut like you're 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 putting on dramatics you need to calm down you need to stop call your boyfriend and that's actually not helpful like yeah you you running there you driving there is not help you're putting her in more danger you're complicit in this at this point because you're literally wasting time and allowing it to happen make a fucking phone call help when you're trying to help, you need to just actually help and not center yourself in that and not be that um not not be that savior, right? That's not your role. Like you fucked up. You could have said sorry. 
Yeah, just just say sorry and move on. Stop trying to control her life. Like that's the whole and and that, that I mean, like we like we talked about before, that's that's like the the faux goodness of these characters where they think that they're doing something good when in fact, no, they're just centering themselves in somebody else's trauma. It's like, "Hey, you were a part of the problem. You were the bully." And now you're like, "I've grown. I've learned. Notes app apology. I'm better now." If you It's want like, "No, to you're make- still fucking centering yourself, you performative activist. Shut up. Like go home go away get out of her life like you've done harm say you're sorry if you must and then leave forever (laughs) like well and also if you really want to do something good for her right say hey i'm really sorry about this i know that i fucked up how can i help what is there something that i can do for you i understand if there's not but like ask her what she wants rather than just fucking assuming she wants to go to prom with your goddamn boyfriend yes exactly like you because then you're gonna give a, you're gonna give your boyfriend and then take him right back and then yes. she's gonna be even more crushed because she had this one night that where she was the popular kid and where everything was fine and that didn't make sense. But just just like her personal growth, it's inauthentic. It's inauthentic. It's all fake. Like, and that's the whole deal. Is like go home and longingly stare at your dress. But do it in private. Like, you don't need to be a part of anything. You don't need to center yourself in somebody else's shit. You fucked up and learn from it, but you don't have to be like... It's like... It's, it's like like her doing this thing and then getting online every day and being like, day one of growth. My diary of how I'm growing as oh a grower God. who grows and is better and actually I'm an activist. Now. Like, hey... Now this is just for clout. Now you're just performing. Like you can just stop and you can just go read a book by yourself and not talk about it. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Or how about do like do I mean controlling somebody's life is not help or helpful. Like and she's it's just, still making decisions ugh. for Carrie, right? She is. Like uh, and it, it just made me so I like I literally when she went ran to her car I was like you are a monster like I hope she like in this one the other one's <laughs> like I was just like whatever and I know that this is really bad but I'm like I hope she sees this I hope Carrie sees this and I hope she does with that information what she needs to do yeah it's like, <laughs> like you we know what's gonna happen yeah but... I, I hope she acknowledges this instance like so toxic <laughs> um I want to talk about Margaret I yeah, think yeah. Margaret is big capital G gay. And I think that because one of the first like, so it's centering this idea of like, it's, it's a procreative sex is an abomination in this one. It's more like emphasized as that, like this idea of sex is so disgusting and scary. And the first instance of chastising by Margaret to Carrie is in the shower in, instead of just like the, oh, the boys are going to smell you now. And it's like this whole deal, like that kind of mind game abuse. She's mad at her because she was in the showers naked with other girls, which yes. is the first instance of chastisement. Ha- it doesn't have to necessarily do with like heterosexual procreative sex. It has more to do with the idea of the visual sexualization of two naked women in a shower. That's what Margaret thinks of as first, and that being the sin that she's projecting onto Carrie. And I was like, oh, first and foremost, you're thinking of gay sex as the sin. Mm. You're not thinking of heterosexual sex. You're thinking of queer sex. Interesting, Margaret. 
interesting. Hmm. And then the more the more she talks about sex in that same way, like even at the end, it changes the context of when she's like, we had sex and I liked it. I liked it. Whatever. That felt. Oh, my God. First of all, Julianne Moore has my heart. Are you kidding she me? She did so, so great in this role. Obsessed. Oh, my God. She carried so, this whole film. She, oh, she super did. So that uh, also I love Judy Greer. I'm su- such a Judy, Judy Greer fan. <laughs> so like I'm also very here for her. Chloe, less so. Love her. She's growing. We see. Um, but it changes the, like the, the idea that she could be gay in this changes the context of her saying like, and I liked it and I liked it. And like, instead of in the first one where it's like, I liked it and that's the sin, the, I liked it line feels more of a performance. It feels like, that's so like, interesting. like I liked it. It was like, like she's trying to convince herself that she did like it because the gay thing is the thing that's wrong with her. But even in that guise of performative straightness, she's still like this, this big air quote straightness is a sin. So there's like these layers to it of like self-hating queer, uh, sex is bad, uh, religious fanatic. Like it's, it's, it's all of these things. And I like with that lens watching that performance, I was like, She's so good. Like she's nailing every <laughs> level of this. I'm getting every moment. And even like there's an anxiousness that she shows in the in the scene when um Sue's mom comes into the dry cleaner. Uh when they're having that whole exchange and also, oh my god, the anxious self-harm, that was so scary. That was honestly one of the that scariest was super parts uncomfortable. of the movie. Where it's like the shot of her leg and she has that thing and she's ugh, like piercing ugh. her skin cuz she's I looked anxious. Away. I was like I did. And that to me, I'm like, the knife and the baby thing, that's too easy and not really saying much. You want terrifying? That fucking scene is terrifying. Well, and then if you're looking at that through the queer lens that you're talking about, too, she's talking to another woman who is attractive. She's she's talking to a pretty woman. She's talking to the pretty girl's mom and the one who's confident. And so there's this power exchange, this power dynamic where she knows who it is. She doesn't want to talk to her. She goes there. Not only is there the level of like your daughter bullied my daughter, but she can hardly even look at her. She's so anxious. She's so fidgety. She can't look up. She can't she can't like be around her. And this is the first instance that we see her acting that way towards anybody else. She's never that anxious. Yeah, sure, she's like, she's manic, but she's never like as fidgety or as anxious as she is around Sue's mom. And I was like, she's gay. She's so gay. Like, <laughs> oh my God, she's so gay. Like, that that she's, changes the whole context. Holy and, shit, and that's she's, great. She's, she's so terrified of her feelings. She's literally self-harming. Like she's standing there, like so nervous, so anxious, standing in front of this person in her mind. She is taking that information being like, I think she's attractive. That's bad. That's a sin. I need to punish myself. So under the desk, she's cutting herself at the same time to try to ingrain this idea of pain with these feelings to try to turn not gay right like that's the vibe that I got. And the whole time I was like, oh, my God, yes, she's gay. That's the whole thing. And it's like gay trauma and religious trauma all melded into one. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so familiar. I know all of this. I know exactly who you are, Julianne Moore. Yes. This is so good. (laughs) (laughs) So Julianne Moore, if you're listening, thank you for your Oscar worthy performance in 
<laughs> the remake. I mean, like truly, like she was, she was just so good and so <laughs> intense in this movie. Like yeah. anytime she was on screen, you're just like, you have my full attention. Mm-hmm. Like every other time, I was like, I was just so fucking bored by this movie. It- and then anytime she was on screen, I was like, ooh. Even the parts where I had to look away when she's like cutting, I was like, ooh, oh yeah, know? like I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. But ugh, fucking I- lovely. And and here's my other thing too. What I hated about this one is it got to the autonomy way too quickly. Like one of the first conversations Carrie has with Margaret is her essentially saying like, I didn't sin, you sinned, like mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, hey. That's not in a... the Bible, mom. And yeah. Like... Yeah. This is our first conversation with you guys. Like you need to get there because if you're already off the bat, level one, I know better than you and whatever. It's like. Where is the control? Where is the where is the abuse? Where is religious trauma? Yeah, exactly. Like why? Like to me, it just it felt so bizarre that that moment happened so early on. Because I was like, then I don't really know what the story is. Because not that I not not to say that like I need more abuse or trauma. Like, but but within the context of the story, like that's the whole point of the revenge. That's the whole point of of her literally coming into her power is is because she was powerless it was because she had no control it's because of these things and if in the first scene with the the most controlling character in her life canonically if the first conversation they're really having together is her being like you're no longer in control i'm in control that's act one y'all like what else (laughs) happens then okay okay thanks mom like congrats sure good movie 32 minutes loved it um really really loved it you know what i mean like it just it literally pulls the stakes away from like it just okay where are the stakes you've literally you've gotten to the end so now nothing is going to make sense like the the revenge payoff doesn't make sense like and and again coupled with like the the goodifying of the other characters and making them less nuanced it's like well then that also doesn't make sense so i'm like I don't, I don't get it. I just, Within, I just don't get the choices. In this movie, Carrie is a participant of the patriarchy, right? And she yeah. has no prop. She has no struggle. She has no problem. You know, she's like you said. Like she's just like. I mean, sure, she's traumatized and she goes and says her prayers and stuff like that. But she's already fighting back. She's already, you know, there's really not a lot of growth for her. Because then, you know, she thinks Tommy's cuter because he mentions the Bible, right? And you're like, oh my God, gross, right? And then when she uses, like, she uses her powers, like, the the first one, it was just kind of, like, subtle, and it was just, you know, like, it, it was never incredibly overt, whereas this one, it was just, like, her fucking powers were everywhere all the time, and that, to me, was boring because it was like, okay, whatever, you have powers, I don't care. Like, I don't, because this isn't a response to anything. You're practicing, you're doing all of this. This isn't saying anything, you know? And then when she uses her powers on her mom, she locks her mom in the closet and burns the the lock, right? And she says, I love you, right? As she walks <laughs> out and leaves her mom to fucking hurt herself and scream in there See? while she, in the same breath, walks out and uh, asks her, her date if she looks okay. Like, th- if that's not patriarchy... <laughs> I don't fucking know what so, it is. So here's my problem, and I'm just realizing it now. They girl bossed Carrie. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> they they really just said, you know what? Carrie had no autonomy. Not in 2013. Sup, girl. Feminism. 
go girl, you go kill your school. You know what I mean? And it's just, and to me, oh my it's God, like, she is girl boss Carrie. That's so literally besides the point. That is the most target brand bullshit feminism I've ever seen. Because it, again, like, yeah, like you said, like the whole point of the story and of, again, the revenge is this is like a sort of trauma response to the abuse that she faced. And if she is now going to become the abuser, what, what what the fuck? <laughs> like, what does that yeah, mean? I had no fucking sympathy for her. I was like, wait, you're literally, you're locking your mom in the closet. Girl Sure, boss. I get it, revenge. <laughs> like, this isn't Carrie. This movie, even though it's the same fucking plot, even though it's like the same premise and all of that, and like most of the dialogue is like exactly the same. To me, it's, it's not it's not Carrie. It's not the same movie. It's all fucking, like you said, girl boss and stuff, like <laughs> literally locking and like sealing it with her powers, which I don't know how she got like those finger, finger flame. I don't know. Like that's not telekinesis, but like she like welds her shut in that fucking door and just like, yeah, I love you. Like See, Carrie and- was way more abusive than half the people on this. I And I can't stop thinking about this, but in that moment I thought, when she welds it shut and turns around, I thought it was going to be the Shania doing like, and it's going to be like, let's go girls. And, <laughs> and oh my God. Can somebody? Tonight, I'm feeling all right. I'm going to, I'm just like, that's the song. Can you uh, do that and put that on YouTube uh, for me, please? Oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of it is just like her destroying the school for the, like the chorus. Uh, uh, oh, oh. Man, oh my God. I feel Danny, like make this woman. happen. Man, I feel like a woman. It it just feels like it's it's the most besides the point feminism idea. Cuz that's mm-hmm. like you literally miss the point of the movie if that's the way you're going to try to change it to be like, well no, she's in control. It's like yeah, I guess technically you're correct. But like that's not that's not the problem. That wasn't the problem. That's not the story. This is like ah, uh, I just it was fucking silly. Oh, also, and I know that this is like whatever, and I know that Chloe Grace Moretz is a good actor, and I don't want to like knock this, but this was at a weird point in her acting career where like she had such a catalog as like a child actor, like as a young person being a young person. This is like right at the cusp of where she was trying to transition into I'm an adult actor. I'm an adult now. I'm no longer the kid that people remember me as. But I really could have done without the 25 minutes of her wide eye, open mouth, slightly cross-eyed, like the food's almost to our table stare. Like the, when she's the like Kristen when Stewart she, stare? Yes. At a, at a certain point it was too many times. Like I know that we're trying to show off CG. I know that we're really trying to like get in here with the telepathy and oh you're my like God, adding a lot more of blood. that. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Like I don't, I, we don't need all that. And I don't need, I don't like this stare. It's also not a good one. Sissy Spacek, her stare, terrifying. That was good. She did so good. But then I feel like <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, it just, Maybe maybe it didn't read because of the context of the movie as a whole. And I already was kind of like feeling a little silly about it. So every time I saw her face, I was like, haha, silly. Just because that was like the way that my mind was processing the, the movie. But um, with that being said, that was just like a small thing. And again, 
I love Chloe Grace Moretz. I think she's a great actor. And it's besides the point. But I just was like too many, too many times. <laughs> I mean, that's like kind of the whole movie, though. Like everything was yeah. like, okay, we get, okay, too much. It's either too much information, too, like the characterization went too far into like the extremes, right? Or like the fucking bad boyfriend, we're going to go to jail. We're going to do, and then like the overt vilification of Chris, right? I was just like, fucking go to bed, right? I could not care less about her or her shitty boyfriend, right? And then there's, like, just so many moments where it was, like, just kind of silly. Like, when she levitated her mom and she was, like, <laughs> uh, there's that throwaway line of, like, well, dad or grandma had telekinesis. And I was, like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. Like, what? And I was, like, wait, you know nothing about your daddy. You know nothing about, like, where the fuck is this coming from, you know? And then, yeah. like, the CG blood was awful, like did you love the, the car the car sequence oh my god obsessed With, i like, was her face through uh, the the windshield I, that was the funniest thing it was so unnecessarily and poorly un- unnecessary and poorly done like throw the car and then she's not wearing a seatbelt, so her face would just like squish into the glass the windshield will stay but her face just squishes through it and you're like what and then they like lock eyes and then she dies and you're like wait what okay (laughs) why like there are so many choices that either were intentional and just missed the point or were just very weird nonsense choices just for aesthetic it's just Mm -hmm. silly it's just silly shit yeah i i don't know the teen drama fight scenes were not interesting and also not good but that's I was like, not invested in the story at all. I did not care. No. I could, in the last one, it was like, you know, I was rooting for Carrie the whole time. And then when she got her revenge, I was like, I was, even though like the whole situation with prom was like gross, I was like, I mean, at least it was so good to see her smile. And then the blood thing. And then it was like, fucking go off, fucking go off, get him. Oh. Right. And then this one, like, it was just kind of like, I, I did not care. They did not earn this ending. They did not do anything to make me give a shit about anybody in this yeah. movie. I guess, I guess I have to acknowledge based on, like, the thing that I was saying earlier as far as, like, making these characters good. In the end, when she's in her sort of, like, revenge mode, she does do, like, selective choosing of who she's going to kill. Unlike mm-hmm. the last one where it's just like, well, you're here, you're dead. Sorry, <laughs> I don't make the rules. It's, you're a participant in the patriarchy. The patriarchy cannot be reformed. Fucking burn it down. Exactly, abolition. which which She's I'm like, abolition yes. abolition queen. Absolutely. And that's why I'm like, yes, this makes sense and I love this story. But in this one, it's like, well, you were good to me, but you were kind of an asshole. So I'm going to choke you and then I'm going to set you down. And then you, I don't really know you, so you can go. But that group over there, I'm going to kill all of you and it's like what is what is this doesn't make sense in the context of carrie in the context of like what this story means and what it's trying to say like you know what i mean like it's a bad script it's a bad yeah it's just it was just bad that whole sequence felt so like like her just doing that selective process just like this is stop it just stop i'm kind of surprised (laughs) that nobody filmed it and put it on youtube (laughs) Oh, like, I know, within right? Within the context of the story, like it starts with YouTube and ends with YouTube. Oh my god! Y'all get out your phones. Oh my god! And then the fucking at the end, 
where 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 uh, Sue Snell is on the stand, like newly pregnant and being like, she was just misunderstood. Oh my and god! People just didn't get her. I forgot about and, that. And, and like, I don't know if she said this, and I'm making this up because I hate the character and the way she was written. I'm the only one who understood her, and I'm the only one who got her. <laughs> like, You're still and, centering and, yourself, even her death. In her, in even her in death. In death, and then she like goes to the graveyard and like leaves a a white rose as like a piece off or like whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is so boring. And then, oh my god, obsessed with this nonsense ending, the cracking of the headstone, like. All of a sudden, the the leaves like rise and start spinning around the headstone, and then the headstone starts cracking, and then it's like Carrie, and it's like wait, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? is it Carrie too? Revenge of the Carrie? Like I don't. What are we doing? Is this is she back? Okay, <laughs> did she come yeah, back? That, that <laughs> did was she just so break silly. open. Are you trying to establish a, a a CCU, a Carrie Cinematic Universe? Are you are you trying to like what what are we doing here, y'all? Like what is this <laughs> point? I don't. Why? It's like, like okay. literally for anything in this movie, why? Because like, like why? I loved the first ending. The first ending in the original Carrie fucking oh, got great. me. I was like, I was like, okay, cool, this is done. I was like, oh my god. And I, yeah. I read that um Stacey uh Sapek went to theaters when this movie first came out, like and just like popped in from theater to theater just to watch the last five minutes to see people's reactions. And I love that. I think that is so cute. And Same. then this one it's like headstone cracking and I'm like, uh what? And 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 it's all about Sue. Like even even the fucking end is about Sue. And I don't like this movie so it was just, much. Yeah, it was just boring. I mean there's like like we discussed, some great performances, some cool stuff. Generally, as a whole, gonna be a big yikes. <laughs> I'm I'm good with this. I don't I don't need. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, Let's go to the I'm outro. Done too. We're back. We're back. Cool. So, Eric. Yes. The 1976 version of the film Carrie. Who was it for? I think it was for patriarchy abolitionists. Ooh, I love that. Just in general, just as like like anti patriarchy, uh, anti misogynists. Yeah, just in general, because I mean, again, it's a good story, and I mean, granted, I haven't read the book, so I don't know like what carried over. (laughs) Um, There you go. There it is. Um, (laughs) So I, I I don't know like what what is what as far as like. Who who is to be credited for uh, the success? I feel of the narrative of the first one, but it was strong. It was centered. It had an opinion. It very clearly displayed that opinion. It discussed a lot, and I liked it. I really like the answer that it was for uh, patriarchal abolitionists. Um, I'm also going to say yes, and um, it's also for. People that have like mommy issues, right? Yeah. <laughs> or for young women that just don't feel seen and feel attacked by the patriarchy that maybe don't maybe don't realize that they're patriarchal abolitionists yet, but are on their way there or will eventually become that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. this is like an awakening for you, this film. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that you liked it, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd never seen it before. Um, obviously, it was on my list. I like Sissy Spacek. 
I've wanted to watch this movie for a while, and I'm happy it didn't disappoint. I'm happy that it was good. I mean, it's great. It's a good movie, and I'm happy it's it's a notable classic that is actually good and not just bad. But people say it's good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy it's a it's a it's an actual good movie. Yeah, definitely. I I love this movie. I could not be more excited. I didn't know what to expect, you know, because I, I knew it was the only thing I knew about this movie was like the blood scene, right? Like, you know, just yeah. because that's like in the iconic pop culture ethos, right? It's just like, oh, Carrie, haha, are you going to pull a Carrie? Right? Because yeah. um, it's, it's funny the way that men talk about this movie like about feminine rage and about just like well she went nuts and she did this and it's like you have not you you've missed everything yeah and also you're the you're the problem um but no i could not love this movie i mean i could love this movie a little bit more but i loved it so much more than i was expecting and i want to say that this is probably one of my favorite films Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, I love and maybe that. it's just hitting me right now at like the right moment in my life because uh, things are wild. But yeah, holy shit, this is this is a great movie. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, I stand. I, it was fantastic. Yeah, I honestly, I I couldn't agree more. I think it's, I think it's a really good movie. What about the 2013 version? Is this new, interesting, or the same? Progressive, regressive? How has the story evolved with today's ideals? I think it was new because it completely redacted all of the interesting takes of the first one. So it was new because it was different. Uh, it wasn't new by any sense of the word of for like by any by any semblance of growth. I think it was regressive, <laughs> very very much so because again it's dismantling of the the anti patriarchal commentary. It like kind of just dissolved it completely and it missed. It missed the point. It missed the point of the movie. I don't think that it evolved with today's ideals. I well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that back. I think it has evolved with today's ideals in the sense of 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 uh, faux feminism or of girl boss feminism in that way, where it's mm-hmm. performative, where it's, oh yeah, a sweatshop queen slay, like go go off, girl boss, who like you know what I mean, like that whole mm-hmm. the whole vibe of like. Yes, visualization, yes, inclusion, but at the same time, like, just because you are this thing doesn't mean you can't also be bad or be doing bad things. And that that mm-hmm. sort of just, like, that vibe. Like, I feel like yeah. this whole movie was a performative film. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think this movie was new and the same at the same time because, like I said, like, the beats are the same like yeah. a lot of the dialogue is the same, you know, a, a lot of this, the scenes are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just uh, because they removed all of the context that made the first one so good. Like truly, it ended up um, just being so boring. So it is new and the same in the most boring possible way. Yeah, um, I think it's incredibly regressive because this movie is not saying anything. And if it's saying anything, it's, you know, girl boss okay cool this is i i honestly don't feel like this film is saying anything i think it's just a couple of people are like man it'd be so cool if we did carrie like we could bring in youtube it'll be a whole thing right and there was absolutely no reason to remake this movie um eric (laughs) who is this for um i i and i don't mean this and well 
you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna caveat. I think this movie was for Chloe Grace Moretz's acting career. I think that this was at a time where she was kind of not necessarily the it girl, but a little bit. Um, for for a younger audience, yes, where she was sort of starting to transition from like beloved child star to adult actor that people take very seriously. I think in that same way, this was at a time where a lot of things were getting rebooted. I mean, a lot of things continue to get rebooted, but I feel like this was like, yeah, we're rebooting everything. We're going doing Fright Night. We're doing, we're doing like all of these night. things, right? Like, and I know that I feel like Carrie was just one of those. And again, for the, for the same reason, like kind of how we started the podcast of, of having that conversation, like, did we need this? Right? Like, was this necessary? No, it was for nostalgia. But they used this remake as a vehicle for Chloe to kind of sh- hopefully let her shine along beloved actors like Julianne Moore and Judy Greer, right? Like she can play in the adult realm of Hollywood and this we're going to show the world that she can. Uh, I think that's the only reason this movie got made. I see. I see what you mean. I see what you're saying. And... Um... <laughs> I think personally that this was that the script was actually written for like TNT and uh okay and, drag them through the mud <laughs> well, I mean, or or like uh USA or you know like um Yeah, honestly this- it's a Hallmark script. We're just going and truly. <laughs> and then somebody picked it up accidentally and it was like, "Oh yeah, this would be cute." Right? And um <laughs> Like this, this did not feel to me like it was supposed to be a major motion picture, like maybe like straight to Netflix, you know, no um, ad marketing behind it. This felt like the most nothing movie. So who was this for? This was for fucking nobody. This who this was for. (laughs) Did you like it, Eric? No. I mean, I liked Julianne Moore in it. I think that she showstopper tore the house down but but that's the thing is i feel like julianne moore is such a staple in acting for me like she when i think actor i'm like yeah julianne moore is an actor she acts like she is a professional this is her field judy greer is great too but julianne moore still the show um and that's the only part i liked did you like i 100 percent agree i did not like it. I did not like anything about it except Julianne Moore because, holy shit, she's just incredible. She's so good. She's an incredible actor. But yeah, other than that, no. Truly, truly, truly. I think that's it. I think, I think that's it too. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for us. Um, thank you so much again, Nicole, for um, for writing in and suggesting this movie. Again, happy, 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 happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. And- <laughs> and if anybody else out there has suggestions, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on our social media, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, our email, or our website. But yeah, we really appreciate you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you enjoy the show, rate and review us. Also, check out our Patreon. Seriously, we have great stuff on there. We have a whole entire show, uh, the Not Not Nostalgia podcast, where we just kind of gab about whatever we're watching that week. It's very cute, very exclusive. You're absolutely going to love it. And you can join for as little as $3 a month. We would really appreciate literally anything. So please check us out on uh, Patreon, Nostalgia on Patreon, please. We love you. Mwah. 
Thanks again so much for listening. Our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebvre. Our editing is by Danny Barkley. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. I love this. Uh, Me too. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Hey everybody, I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from the Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best-of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From misfits to share. Green Day to Gaga. Or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice Podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice, and this is our podcast, the Lousy Advice Podcast. The Lousy Advice Podcast? The Lousy Advice Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.